Today on Essential Change, the podcast, we are going to talk about the imposter syndrome. It's a term used frequently in the self-help and personal coaching genre. It describes feelings of the unworthiness of success, the erosion of confidence, and creates doubts in accomplishments and abilities and talents. Many times the syndrome is experienced regardless of clear evidence of specific accomplishments and abilities. The imposter syndrome is triggered by the very aspirations of goals and positive change. Today we are going to look at it in terms of its effect on both the helping professionals and the at-risk population they serve. Let's talk about the imposter syndrome, uh, also known as the imposter phenomenon or the fraud syndrome. It's a term used by uh, personal coaches and you hear a lot in the self-help industry and mainly talks about how there are certain fears, feelings of unworthiness of success, a lot of times associated with the fear of success or the fear of failure. and it's used a lot in that um, in that modality most of the time. Uh, it's a psychological pattern, and as we repeat repeat myself, it's a the fear of unworthiness. That you doubt your abilities, you doubt your talents. Uh, these fears are always triggered by some type of aspiration, any attempt to attain a goal or any task that that is brought about, brought upon, um, any attempt to improve your position. Uh, any attempt to be more than what you are. Those triggers cause uh, an internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. Um, And this imposter syndrome is experienced regardless of clear evidence to the contrary. Uh, It doesn't matter how much you've attained, the status of your position, awards, Notoriety, celebrity, it doesn't seem to matter. On the outwards, they will appear to be fine, but on the inwards, they struggle with that internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. Some clinical background on this thing. Uh, 1978, doctors Pauline Glantz and Susan Imes published an article. It was called The Imposter Phenomenon of High-Achieving Women, Dynamics and Therapeutic Interventions. Uh, Basically, they took 150 women uh, ranging from you know, high-level entrepreneurs, CEOs, thought leaders, medicine, law, all different types of fields, uh, some housewives sprinkled in there, and they took those 150 women and uh, questioned them about how they felt about their life, how they felt about their successes. And uh, they seemed to always find that these women would always downplay their success say that the success was caused by by luck, uh, giving too many other people credit for that, feeling poorly about their success. And these, these interviews uh, really dominated a great majority of those 150 women. And upon, you know, getting deeper into the interviews, Dr. Glantz and Imes noticed that with those feelings, they were also generated anxiety, depression, fears, and they found out that they really took a lot of injury to self-esteem, even with their accomplishments. 
And the real question is, how does this play out in our dynamic? Dynamic, we're talking about helping professionals, helping people at risk. Um, first, we need to recognize this pattern in ourselves. At any given time in any of our lives, we, have, we are very similar to the people that we are trying to help. And we're not immune to the same thoughts and situations. And the more we can recognize that as being a normal phenomenon, the closer we can become to having um, the empathy to deal with their persistent situations. In further studies, Dr. Imes and Dr. Glantz recognized that uh, although they started out the study with women, high-achieving women, as they went on to find out that it didn't really respect any type of class, gender, you know, or you know, working situation, the imposter syndrome seemed to be prevalent in about 70% or so of the people that they interviewed. And what we need to really take a good look at is that this imposter syndrome affects our at-risk population, the people that we are trying to work with, the ones who have the persistent issues. It affects them on two major fronts. The first front is that they have the same, just like this, other 70% of us, they have the same feelings and the same um, feelings of being exposed as a fraud for any type of accomplishment. But usually because of the persistent nature of their problems, they also have a tendency to be more affected by cultural expectations, family histories, racial perceptions, uh, environmental perceptions, um, these perceptions have a tight hold on their ability to see themselves as something more than what they are. Now, that in itself causes the individual to feel like they are doing something different than what they have been labeled by their peer group or their cultural group, family group, racial group, whichever one. They feel like they're doing the opposite of what that label is. And that label is extremely strong. It's most strong in those who we're dealing with, the people with the persistent problems. That is the pretty much the biggest holdback. And that label is consistently what gets in the way of performing or aspiring to even the smallest tasks. That's usually what stops them from trying to develop at all that, lab- that pulling away from that label. So now when we take a look at that that fear, that internalized fear of being labeled as a fraud, and we add on other tendencies that may be issues for them, such as anxiety, depression, uh, past abuses, um, and a lot of bruised experiences and expectations. When you multiply those together, this is one of our biggest explanations for why we have the persistent at risk. They're having a difficult time getting over that and seeing themselves as something else and something better. And I think I need to repeat that as helping professionals, we really must realize that that is probably one of our biggest blocks. Those those labels from the peer groups run extremely deep. And we as helping professionals must realize that, recognize it and put it out in front in our in our mindset from when we are dealing with that person. In our 1985, Dr. Glance and um Dr. Glantz created something called the CIP, which is called the Glantz Imposter Phenomenon. And she used 
some critical dimensions to measure the characteristics, characteristics, excuse me, and effects that fear have on the individual. Uh, one of those main dimensions was something called the imposter cycle. And basically what Glantz, Dr. Glantz said was that when you take a look at what we call the triggers, our very attempts to help an individual, to help them set goals, to help them see themselves in a better way, brings on the anxiety and fear of the imposter syndrome, uh, being afraid that you'll be discovered as a fraud. This, in turn, also then brings on feelings of anxiety, depression, and injuries to self-esteem. And these then turn around and affect the ability to set goals and look at oneself differently. So it's really, it's a, it's a vicious cycle that works upon itself. And it, it cannot be underestimated or not recognized. And any attempts to get around it, will you'll find will make the situation way worse. Henceforth, a persistent resistance to any type of treatment. And even when there are subsequent breakthroughs, the, the specter of that fear will always remain. And, and the less it's recognized, the more will raise its ugly head as, as a term would go. So the main takeaway Main takeaway we want to have from the imposter syndrome is this. Those with persistent issues have persistent feelings of an imposter syndrome. And we have to realize that, one, we need to constantly talk about those fears and their origins of those fears with those that we're trying to help. Letting them know that it's a natural feeling. It's a feeling that you may have all the time. So, again, the bottom line is this. The, the tight rein that the imposter syndrome has on the at-risk person you are having is, is significant. It must be discussed. It must be talked about. It must be told to the at-risk individual all the time what the triggers are, what they're experiencing, why they're experiencing them. And, and it must be done over and over again because this, the hold that the labels that the peer groups place on a person are extremely binding and they do not go away. The only way to help this is persistently, systematically assigning tasks and then seeing tasks through, through the, the haze of the imposter syndrome uh, situations. And let's always remember that. Uh, thank you. That'll be it for today. And as usual, we want to ask all of you to Help someone get well, be well, and stay well. Cheers to life No, I'll be no good man Just give me a